The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 118. Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Cory Sika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today, we are discussing the ninth episode of Season 6, Cure. On the planet Pangar, the SG-1 team arrives through the Stargate and engages in diplomatic negotiations with the Pangarians, who refer to the humans as the... Uh, Earth, earthens, earthens, yeah, earthens, yeah, earthens. the humans, humans, yes, who possess an advanced drug called tritonin, granting perfect health. However, tensions arise when the Pangarians show interest in visiting worlds controlled by the Gould. Jonas and Teal'c discover that the tritonin is derived from gold symbiotes, and that the Pangarians have captured a gold named Ingaria, who turns out to be the Tok'ra queen. Years ago, the Pangarians developed the drug. The team seek an antidote for the Tritonin side effects with the help of the Tok'ra, but faces difficulties due to the unique symbiotes. Eventually, the Tok'ra sacrifice one of their own to free Ingaria, who, travel- who reveals that a flaw in her children's genetic coding has caused the Tritonins to break down, ensuring that they stop producing the drug. Ingaria's final act provides the potential for an antidote, and the episode ends with hope for future negotiations, and also a little bit of an unrequited uh, attraction between... Uh, Jonas and uh, Vanna. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Never really went anywhere. What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? This one, this one's all right. Of course, you know, we kind of see now, now SG-1 is the, the smarter, more advanced group. Yep. And the, the people they're visiting are the less advanced that want their technology and more importantly, want their gate addresses. Um, it's, it, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad episode at all. It, it's just not a great one. It is one that does set up further plot points that are become very important towards the rest of the series. But as far as this particular episode, it doesn't seem like it at the time. Um, we, we do learn a little bit more about the Tokra. We do learn, you know, and, uh, like I said, you know, other issues with the, the, uh, the, the Tritonin and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, it, it's not a bad episode. I, it's all right. Yeah. What about you, Victor? Yeah, I think you said it. It never really went anywhere. I mean, it's 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 a perfectly fine episode, but it's very slowly paced, mm-hmm. and the music is very plodding and very. I mean, it, this is a good one to put on if you just want to like fall asleep, because <laughs> there's not going to be any action that'll wake you up. Um, you know, there's there's some good. It's a very next generation season two episode i would say you know there's Mm. like a there's kind of like a moral quandary but but not really i mean they don't really flesh out the main moral dilemma here which is oh you know that (laughs) 
we we can get into a little bit. But yeah. one thing one thing I yeah. do like is just how like reasonable the Pengarans are. Like they're the most reasonable alien race that um, <laughs> that the SG one is fine. They're like, yeah, we found this this thing and it allowed us to make a wonder drug, and now we want to like make more of it because if we don't, our people will die. Like, can you help us out? And and they're like, no, we're going to sneak around behind your back and like see how you're making this. And they're like, yeah, well, we would have told you, but you know, now that you've seen how it's made, like you could, call, yeah, we can understand. You know, they're they're very, which I like. I like that they're not like evil or you know or, or anything like that. They're just very reasonable, which kind of makes the whole ethical quandary work. I think a little bit better than mm-hmm. it might otherwise have done. Yeah, I was going to say that's what I liked most about this episode yeah. is the fact that there's no real villains. And mm-hmm. they set it up, they kind of do a bait and switch where they set it up that there's this dark secret that the scientist wants to reveal to them. And it's really just like bad luck and ignorance yeah. on the part of the Pangarans about the nature of the Gould and the Tokra. Mm-hmm. And so, because what it is, is that the the Pangarans have found in underneath like where the stargate is that ancient temple they found a canopic jar with a gold queen in stasis mm-hmm. and i think this is the first time we've seen a gold queen not the first uh, hathor time. Yeah. oh yeah yeah hathor was but a gold she was, queen she was in human yeah. form right we haven't seen like the the big snake in the tank yeah no we have <laughs> this is really i think the only time we see it we did see osiris in stasis in a canopic jar so that was good and so we then we meet ageria here mm-hmm. Right. But they don't know that it's Egeria, obviously, because they don't know how to read Gould. Yeah. Yep. And so it turns out that the, the Gould is Egeria, who was the first Tok'ra, and they've been basically pumping her for symbiotes so they can create Tritonin, which is a drug that is essentially all the immune system effects mm-hmm. of having a Gould symbiote, but in intravenous form, I assume. Yeah. And, yeah. So put right. a pin in that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without the without the take the 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 pesky take over your 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 whole life and turn yeah. you into an evil warlord and or make you ha- carry around a slug in your pouch belly for the rest right. of your life. And yes, as as Victor says, put a pin in that fact that it replaces that aspect. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, but yeah, I liked that there were no no real villains. Um, all the. Yep. All the characters are really trying to do the best they the best they could with what they had, and really the the biggest conflict comes from the fact that SG One just does implicit implicitly does not trust the Pangarans, which, given their previous encounters with other species, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and so so uh, Peter Stebbings as as Malik is is back, and mm-hmm. um, you know he he sees he finds you know they they bring him in because the the deal is is that. You know they they can't keep up with the demand on the uh, on creating the symbiotes, which uh, I don't know if they milk them or juice them somehow to get the tritonin. They don't really go into that aspect of it, <laughs> but but for, yeah, and so yeah, you know the the you know the Gould Queen they have is is dying and won't be able to do this definitely. But unfortunately for people who are on tritonin, which is which is a great honor in this society, only certain people get to be on it. Um, it's a death sentence because there isn't, if there isn't any more, your mm-hmm. immune system won't, won't recover. It's, and, yeah. uh, yeah, it's the same problems the, the Jaffa have with when they lose their symbiote, if they don't get it replaced, they'll die. Well, the same right. thing is going with the yeah. Tritonin. So, um, and that's where the, 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 uh, Tokra are able to come in and 
eventually, with the help of the, the queen, Egeria, figure out how to solve this problem, how to get it so that they can be weaned off from it. Yeah. Well, we, we get this great scene, though, where, where the Tok'ra see this ghouled queen and it's like, help me, you know, I'm they're just stealing my young and like, you know, for medical research. And the Tok'ra's like, yeah, we're totally cool with this. Like, yeah, we, we like we don't like the gold, the gold queen using yeah. the gold in this way. Yeah, we're we're good with this. Yeah, they they did the right thing. Good on good on you, Pengars. And then when they find out that it's, it's whoops, like, oh, it's wait a second. Queen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was that was interesting to see because it. It continues the portrayal of the Gould as very Machiavellian and not, they don't really have a moral, a, a, a rightly oriented moral center, I guess. Yeah. But on the on the flip side, we do get Ejaria, who seems to be much more compassionate towards other life forms mm-hmm. than the rest of the Tok'ra have been, because she ends up sacrificing herself and giving up the, yeah. the, uh, information for them to make the antidote yeah it was you know when she she enters into one of the the tokra um the tokra symbiote sacrifices itself so that ageria can go into the this host and when she wakes up she's like oh oh i understand it was just all a mistake it's no big deal i tried to you know i made the change to the symbiote so that they wouldn't get through with it but they were still able to create it but that's fine i'll help you solve it anyways yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I have some questions about that too, because when we see the gold queen in the tank, it's like the size of like a hippopotamus or something. And, and maybe I, I didn't pause it, you know, to, to see after. So, you know, the regular gold symbiote in your head is like much smaller than that. it's like smaller than a house cat. Hmm. And so I'm like, did, did like, is, is like the gold queen kind of like, I don't know, like Optimus Prime, there's like a little part that can detach, you know, or something mm-hmm. and well, they, and go into your head or something. Yeah, they do show like the birth sack, the big red thing that's underneath at the bottom, okay. just sitting in the bottom of the tank. So so that's that's where. Oh, it's not part of the main queen. It's not I part was. of the main queen. Okay. So she, she spawns that. And then. That'd be a lot to fit into somebody's head. It might be a little tight squeeze. Yeah. She'd probably have to fit into like a politician's head or something. Yeah. She's going to get it on <laughs> No, there's Who's plenty of room in that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, I guess it's like in, uh, in Aliens when Ripley's mm-hmm. fighting the big queen, she like rips herself out of the the birth sack and it's very gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Same this isn't as gross. No. The effects were pretty good though. They were, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so to to walk it back a bit, um, one of the first characters we meet when we get there is Zana Valk, who is a scientist who's been working on the project studying the ancient ruins. And she and Jonas seem to hit it off pretty well. Kind of. It, not, there's yeah. not a lot of chemistry there. That's she yeah, actually. That's, it, it's kind of funny. She seems like it almost seems like she starts hitting on Tilk first, and then Jonas just kind of slides in instead. Yeah. But it, it's still well, kind of a well. It, I mean, they even have one line where it's so Jonas went look through her books and everything. Is, well, you can pay me back, and it's like, oh, is she going to hit on him? It's like, no help, and then it's like, no, just help me, re, re, you know, translate the the stuff in the temple. Yeah, and I don't Not, really know uh, what the point of her character was, other than to convey a little bit of information and give kind of a bait and switch at the beginning where she says that she has a secret she has to tell them, but then she won't tell them because apparently off screen someone got to her and said, no, don't talk to them about it. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that actual, 
it doesn't seem like that actually happened given the way the rest of the Pangarans are. Like they don't seem like they'd be like pressuring someone behind the scenes like that. And so it just seemed kind of odd and I don't really know what the point of her character was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little sloppy. It's, they want to do the whole, like, you know, you know, the firm type thing or whatever the big, you know, like John Grisham movies were at the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have some information to tell you. And then it's like, what information? I don't have any information to tell you. It's like, Oh, someone got to them, you know, and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And then, yeah, but she is, she does realize that she's basically like going to die because, um, you know, the open secret is that they're running out of Trutonin and, and anybody on it is, is going to die, which explains the Pengarin's desperation for any sort of gate address that would link to a, mm-hmm. a, a Gould homeworld so that they mm-hmm. could go and, and, you know, somehow capture a Gould queen. But and so she just wants to finish her father's life, life's work, which is translating these glyphs, which mm-hmm. conveniently convey that, um, you know, Egeria is the. Uh, is the Gould Queen because she was yep. imprisoned by Ra for being, you know, Tok Ra, which is, you yep. know, against, against Ra. Ra. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I kind of get the feeling like her character would have been much less of much less interesting because <laughs> she wasn't very interesting to begin with, but uh much less interesting if Daniel Jackson would have still been in this, because Daniel would have handled handled about ninety percent of what she did anyways. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like like if you're going to make it kind of kind of have a little bit of attraction between her and Jonas, but it doesn't really go anywhere. So why have it in there in the first place? Just, I don't know. It just seemed out of place. Yeah. There's, it, yeah, it, 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 this really is a, a strange episode because there's no major blow up points, no major, obviously, you know, not a single shot was fired. No, no explosions. Everybody's just kind of, milk at best they get a little upset the the uh, um the 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 people uh, the people of the planet get upset because Jonas and Tilk found the production facility which then they take everybody to the production facility and oh we were going to show you this anyways so it really doesn't matter that you found it early yeah okay. and I, I, there was one yeah like they go in there there's a little bit of a fist fight with the guards but then right after that they're like all right we're just going to show you what we got and the most implausible part of that is so, you know, Jonas and a guard fall into the Gould tank, you know, mm-hmm. where the kind of like, you know, mentally suppressed Gould are there. Um, and we later learned that Egeria has like been kind of making the Gould stupid, so they won't. Yep. Um, but yeah. And so that so and Jonas is like, I got to get away from these Gould. And then the guard that falls in gets gets in Gould and he gets, um, you know, the symbiote on the back of his head. But instead of turning evil, he just kind of turns like comatose. Mm-hmm. And. And they're like, oh, well, this is – we have no idea what's going on. I'm like, you've been doing research on these symbiotes for 50 years and, like, nobody not once has, like, gotten close enough to one of them to have it swim into their head. Like, this has to have been like, oh, yeah, the first 10 people we had working on this project all, all like, wound up in a coma because this happened. And then we learned to keep, you know, people away from the symb- – they don't say that. It's like, oh, this is weird. What's going on? It's just very implausible that nobody would have gotten that close enough to one of the symbiotes before in the past 50 years they've been experimenting on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was, well, it, that was definitely an overlooked thing. I do like, though, that uh, when they're in the facility, Jonas comments that this doesn't look like the right at the rec center. And right mm. before he said that, I was thinking, this looks like a, the big pool, like the community center. So I don't know if that was an intentional. Oh, wow. Lamp oh, yeah. It was but... filled. Yeah, maybe it was filmed at a rec center or something. <laughs> that's what it looked like. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 
the the plotting is a little bit flimsy, but I, I liked that it did something unique because if when it the episode starts off, it feels like the one where they go to the planet where they're gonna where the aliens get the grain through the Stargate. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was gonna be that kind of plot, and I'm glad that they did not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Another inconsistency is that Egeria, you know, dies and she has, you know, they take her back to the Stargate. They don't vaporize her in the Kawoosh, as we saw last episode with the dead Tokra there. Well, you think they'd want to have the, that honor with the rest oh, of the Tokra. Okay. It is also odd that we don't get any sort of, uh, like, any input from her host. Like, was she okay with this plan? Is she okay with dying? Because it, the way they were carrying her, I guess the host is dead, too. So oh, That's a really good point. It's like, yeah, you got this perfectly healthy... Yeah, symbiote that's going to sacrifice itself, and, and yeah, you really do get a say in it. Yeah, it, it, back, it's, you know. I, I think it was kind of implied the way that the host kind of informed Ajiria of everything that yes, this was willing. This wasn't a, this wasn't like uh, with Jack where the Tokra took over and made him do things like you know try to sneak out a sneak out a servant girl. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know, Ajiria just seemed kind of smug at the end too. It's like. Oh, even though they imprisoned me, I will deign to save them, and that will show them that I am better <laughs> than them. You know that sort of thing. It's like, like just shut I up mean, and help them. She's yeah. been trapped for fifty something years, being forced to give birth to endless Gould, who are turned into medicine. So I can, I can get being a little bit salty. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially since that was right after being trapped in that. That jar for many hundreds, if not thousands of years. That's true. Right. Maybe at that point, she's like, I'm I'm glad I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think you'd be kind of salty if you were stuck in a jar for yeah. a couple hundred years. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would not be fun. The big, My biggest problem, though, is the how flippant the Tok'ra are about them using a gould in this way. Like, if it's yeah. a gould, it's okay. Yeah. But if it's a Tok'ra, it's not okay. And... Tokra are ghouled. Like they, they call themselves the Tokra to kind of distance themselves from that fact, but they're the same thing. They're definitely offshoots from the, from the gold. Yeah. And really about the only difference is that their knowledge comes from Egeria originally. And the, the gold get it from wherever, you know, they, their Queens, they get them from. So, yeah. But you know, the, they're, they're Tokra are the better people. They're the better slow uh, snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we're grading on a curve here, so yeah. Another another issue with this is is a lot of um you know, a lot of the the quotes and and quips are just kind of like, you know, reaction quips. You know, there's not a lot of really memorable lines in this one. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like, "Whoa, this is weird." And Jack goes like, "No kidding." Or like, "Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like you don't say or something." It's it it's it, the writing well, isn't really I, I did I did like sharp, the opening yeah. though where they're standing there waiting at the gate and oh yes the leaders the leader of this team must be an excellent and savvy negotiator and Jack walks out hiya folks yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that he would pop off some other kind of like they would actually like but the, play yeah, more with that but they don't really yeah it's yeah. like really, oh boy well, these shorts are chafing or something yeah like Jack, something really Jack didn't have really any part to play in this no he was just kind of there. It's just kind of like, I don't trust you. What are you hiding? Yeah. Sam at least could go and, you know, study the Tritonin and figure out what it was and how it works with Dr. Frazier, who gets another one of the, you know, five second appearances. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, Hammond is just kind of standing over her shoulder, so there's yep. his uh, his check for the episode. Exactly. Yeah, it was Tilk and Jonas' show, basically. Yeah, which is nice after having Jonas be basic. Well, he was absent from the last episode, and then he was pretty mm-hmm. much absent from the one before that. Yep. So, giving him more to do. It would be interesting to see. I feel like the dynamic with Daniel Jackson would have been... If this was Daniel's place, he would have immediately started advocating to let the Gould out of the tank and stop everything. I feel like mm-hmm. he he would get on his moral high horse and not really try to solve the problem in a well, they, logical they, they tried, way. Yeah, they tried to make that that argument of how you know the the Tokra made that argument about how this is a you know a, um, rational being that's being treated this way, and we shouldn't you know, and that would have been Daniel all the way. I know the. I know the gold are evil and you know, but they're still rational beings and they should be treated as, you know, it's like, well, okay. So it's not a cow is what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> it's yeah. still an evil, evil being. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm glad we didn't get any sort of moralizing from the actual SG team, but overall this episode felt like SG one didn't really have a lot to do. Like they kind of just react and observe to things that happen. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's just, the nature of this plot because there are no villains. Yeah. But yeah. And there's no subtext or anything going on either. Everybody is pretty much just saying everything's out in the open, what they they're saying, what they feel, you know, things change as people get new information, but Mm -hmm. you know, nobody's, yeah. Like you said, nobody's trying to deceive anyone else. It just kind of like everybody, it's just, is really kind of just paint by numbers or reading an instruction well, even, manual at some point. Well, mm-hmm. even uh, Commander Tagar, who is the, the their, yeah. our, their military representative or, or leader or whatever, like he starts out saying, seeming like he's be kind of a kind of a hard ass and kind of a jerk, and it's like, oh no, no, he's actually not that bad of a guy either. Yeah, he's just you know more military mindset. That's it. <laughs> and looking yeah. at the writer, uh, Damian Kindler. He's written a lot of oh he, he does wrote a lot of yeah. episodes so maybe this yeah. is just a boilerplate script and they needed to get some yeah. out the door and not just and with I, with Stargate he's been in a bunch of different projects mm-hmm. you know or he's written quite good good I shows think this and is one of the first things he wrote though and I think it's one of is maybe only a second Stargate script or something this well, is it's, it's the, the second one he did on his own he co- okay. co-wrote one with Robert C Cooper in in uh, season two. Mm-hmm. The first one he wrote on, like, did he get sole credit for is the other guys, which yeah, is a really good episode. Yep. So I don't know. Everyone has off days, and I think that I think it was a really good concept that there was a bit a bit lacking in the execution, and a lot of that is just mm-hmm. because you have forty five minutes to tell the story. Oh yeah, and before this, he wrote for Kung Fu Legend Continues, Earth Final Conflict, Beastmaster, Sci Factor. So those uh. You know, syndicated Canadian shows that would show up in the late 90s. Yeah. They're all on uh, the Roku channel, by the way. (laughs) Probably Tubi as well. So, yeah. (laughs) And uh, this is for uh, Lisa, who is not with us uh, this this episode. Uh, The actress who plays Zana Valk, I was looking at her IMDb and Mm -hmm. she's in like tons of like the Hallmark movies. So, Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Lisa would have would have recognized her from that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, 
And of course, yeah. Malcolm Stewart, who played Dolan, the leader of the Pengarans, has been in everything. Like, yeah. he's, he's he's one of those you yeah. guys you see him immediately and go, yeah, I've seen him somewhere. I don't know where, but yeah. I've seen him before. The Pengarans is is Pengar is a very Canadian planet. It's like every Canadian actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. They're all like very polite, and it's all very clean. But it's all it's all right. There. You were rummaging through my stuff. Now help me translate. Yeah, yeah. we're very sorry. We were. Uh, experimenting on the gold we don't know what that's about <laughs> yeah let's give the give the yeah. symbiote some tim hortons and it'll yeah. feel all better yeah. <laughs> some gold bits tim, Hort- tim hortons and some uh uh poutine oh, darn. Yeah. Uh, the, the cheese or the gravy fries yeah poutine, oh, that poutine. there good. you go yeah now i'm hungry cheese curds on yeah cheese curds gravy and fries I, I hate that when i forget the word but yeah everybody will be happy after that yeah, I've, I've never had poutine. I need to try it. I think you well, probably have. You just haven't realized it. Like if you've ever just like microwaved a bunch of stuff together, like that's what it is. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that, like, now, now of course, now that, yeah, now they've mashed got potatoes, gravy, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah they've got like, patineries in you know in Canada now where they've got specialty yeah. poutine. So oh, it's been gentrified like other oh yes cheap snacks like those oh, yes. free, like the frites restaurants where they're like we serve French fries eleven different ways yeah yep. which I, <laughs> well, I can get behind of course so hey <laughs> there's no bad way to make a potato it probably no, this is. is true but we'll not think about that yeah <laughs> did we have any uh, alternate language uh, titles for this. Yeah, the only one that was really like it was most mostly translated into cure, but um, in French we get uh, la reine, which is uh, the queen. So that kind of, I don't know, that doesn't really give it away, but um, that's the only one that was different: the queen versus uh, the cure. So we get to uh, two classic '80s bands there. Yeah, the time. queen <laughs> and the cure. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, before we go, wait, no. Running on autopilot there. <laughs> oh, um, so I put out a question on our Discord, which you can uh, access at uh, sqpn.com/discord on our Stargate channel uh, mm. for our listeners. Um, so here are some of the responses to the question that I asked, which was, "What would you like to see in the Stargate revival that Amazon is producing? What characters or plots would you like to see brought back?" And uh, Paul Leone says that he'd like to see Carter and O'Neill's kids all grown up. He says that he doubts that they would do that, but it would be cool to see a uh, post-disclosure world and maybe see it take place in a different galaxy with different situations and different threats. I think that would be cool. Um, it would be interesting to see them do po- like a post-disclosure kind of thing, especially like with all the all the news about UAPs today, uh, yeah, going around today. So. <laughs> Maybe by the time News. it comes out, well, actually, hey, now, don't, <laughs> don't, don't stomp on my, uh, my belief. I yeah. will yuck your yum. I want to believe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be cool and kind of see, I guess it would be like how in the episode 2010, you get all the, the technology is yeah. made its mm-hmm. way into society. There's just no way humans could have invented cell phones without alien sec- technology. Sure. <laughs> Technology. I, th- I think you and I need to have a debate about uh, <laughs> yeah, we do. aliens and UAP uh, <laughs> off mic. <laughs> yeah. um, Matthew says that he'd like to see Jonas come back uh, yes. after listening to us. And I definitely agree. agree with that. So Amazon, if you're listening, Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, I know Jeff Bezos is listening. 
Oh, bring yes. back Jonas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all have our little Jeff Bezos uh, listening devices behind us. So, not uh, me. My, my, not you. My, mine's Google. Yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, Sergey Brin. Yeah. That guy. Uh, Jordan or Joden, aka Jeff, says that. He hopes that they take a hint from uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds and have it be episodic, but also have a through line. And I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. Yep. Watching Strange New Worlds has been very refreshing because I don't feel like I'm watching a 10 hour long movie broken yeah. up week by week. Well, and, and Strange New Worlds is very much like at least Stargate SG-1 and Atlantis were, where they do have an overarching plot for the season, mm-hmm. but they only get little bits of it. And not every episode fills into that. And that's that I've really enjoyed, you know. Yeah, and it gives the characters room to breathe, and you get a lot more yeah. character development in that. So hopefully that is the direction they'll take with it. Uh, one, I'm going to pronounce this one eek, that's three E's there, says that they would like to also see a post-disclosure world. Um, they'd like to see the, uh, some Tolans pay respect to the human race, at least for defeating the Gould. I don't know if there's any Tolans even left. They want to see, they want to hear information yeah. about the Furlings, which would be... Yeah, right up there. Yeah. That's that's a mm-hmm. carrot. That's like the the carrot you gotta you hang out. Oh, you, you know, show if, them. if they bring it back, they they will they'll bring they'll mention them several times. Oh yeah, we met a furling you know two years ago and haven't seen one since. Oh well, you missed it. Or the furlings will be like the main bad guys, but instead of being furry, they'll be like these hideous like slimy alien, like yeah. lizard creatures who just like devour people whole or something. And they'll be like, that's yeah. the furlings. Those are the furlings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They also say, uh, but most importantly, the characters should be likable as they were in SG-1, even with characters like Mayborn yeah. and McKay. And I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of sad, tortured, angry, backstabbing, depressed people. That's, Next that's week on fun. Stargate Discovery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Battlestar Galactica in the Stargate world, which... Well, then, then we, could have, we could have Star Trek Discovery in the Stargate universe where they sit around and talk about their feelings. As they travel through the, the wormhole. Yes. <laughs> oh, Stargate, Stargate, uh, Stargate therapy. Yeah. 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 And uh, Hurricane Anne says, which is an awesome name, by the way. Yes. They want uh, the SG-1 version of short checks with Walter Seiler, the cafeteria workers, and a lower decks uh, vision of Cheyenne. That would be cool to see. I feel like that's something they, they either like an animated series that is not the other one, which we won't talk about. Um, that'd be fun. And Stargate already has that comedic twist to mm-hmm. it. So I feel like it would work really well with that. Yeah. My biggest fear would be that they'd try to write like a funny episode or something, you know, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Instead of letting <laughs> it just be organically funny. Yeah. I don't know that things can be organically funny anymore. I mean, I think we've lost that like like sense of humor and sense of perspective and stuff i don't know i could be I, I think you still got to get the right the correct writers for it yeah because they're gotta, still out there it's just you, you yeah. gotta find them you've got to find writers who are good at writing comedy and are also actual fans of the show because yeah. like with lower decks i was very very skeptical that lower decks was going to be any good but i've actually really enjoyed it because mm-hmm. you can tell that the writers are actual Star Trek fans. And yep. a lot of the humor comes from like riffing on Star Trek rather than just mm-hmm. being generic adult comedy, adult like animated comedy humor. Yep. And mm. that's worked really well. Um, and I think, I think they could pull it off. And you, yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, we uh, really appreciate those responses. Um, I'll be putting out a question every Monday. Um, I don't know if we'll redo this segment every single uh, week, but we'll definitely collate the answers together and read them out. Uh, again, you can you can look at that at a uh, Discord or sqpn.com slash Discord, and we have the Secrets of St- uh, Stargate uh, channel there. Awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the Secrets of Stargate, including Caitlin F., Matthew D., Peter E., Daniel M., and James O. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And I forgot to mention, uh, you can also watch us on the SQPN YouTube channel where you can see (laughs) Victor's uh, amazing hat this week. So definitely check that out. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Prometheus. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Well, thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you, too. Thanks, Jack. And no doubt the leader of this group will be a brilliant and savvy negotiator. I don't fit that description. <laughs> no. <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. PlayStation Portable. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at starquest.fm slash PSP.